the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, the affidavit is out, and it took a while to get it because the site crashed. That's why they couldn't get it. The first 14 pages, Producer Pam, you sent me the first 14 pages of the affidavit. It's apparently 38 pages. And so only 14 pages came out in the initial release. A fair amount of it is redacted. It's a lot of procedural stuff in the first 14 pages. I leafed through it. I didn't see anything. It's basically the government's objection to having the affidavit released because they say it will uh, show their investigative hand. In other words, how they're putting their case together. It will identify witnesses. The thought being that if the witnesses are identified, then two things could happen. They could be, you know, attacked by Trump supporters, I'm sure is the DOJ favored response. The other thing it could do is if, you know, if you know who's testifying against you, well, you probably know what they know and you'll be better able to provide a defense. Uh, third is an objection under just historical grounds that affidavits aren't typically released. Well, that's that's true, but in this case, there is a compelling public interest when you've broken into and searched a president's home for the first time in American history. That's kind of like, hey, you can't just do this without like having to explain why you're doing it. So the first 14 pages released are essentially procedural stuff. No doubt the uh, people who have expertise in these kinds of areas, Andy McCarthy, others, are reading through it now as fast as they can. The danger in a breaking news situation like this is, A, you'll miss something, or B, you'll misconstrue something. Uh, David Spun of Fox uh, has shown some of the pages on a live hit, and they're almost entirely blacked out. So as I said at the top of the show, I don't hold out a lot of hope that this will be extremely revealing. There might be one or two things in here that uh, either initially provide some context to why the search took place, or upon pondering them, assessing them, putting this fact together with something over here might give us a window into what's going on. Uh, I just I heard Jared Kushner, the former president's son-in-law, yesterday. Uh, he was being interviewed, and he said, look, they've been trying to get him for six years. They've been trying to get him for six years, and they haven't gotten him yet. And it wasn't said in the spirit of, so they're not going to get him because he's one slippery individual and you're not going to be able to lay your hands on him and tackle him. It wasn't said in that regard. It was like, this is just a pathetic rehash of the same heavy-handed government overreach that started with, I mean, how often do you still hear references to Trump being a pawn of Vladimir Putin? How often do you still hear that? You hear it a lot, right? And it's been proven by a multi-tens of million dollar investigation by Robert Mueller and an entire team of Democratic lawyers that there was nothing to that. 
Okay? So we're going to do it all over again. And we're going to accuse the president because, man, don't let facts get in the way of your partisan beliefs, Democrats. And if they do succeed, and I won't be a bit surprised if they indict Donald Trump, because their overriding goal is to keep him from becoming president again. And the best way to keep him from becoming president again is to keep him from running for president again. And the best way to do that is to pin some kind of crime on him, whether real or imagined. And so they're going to do everything they can. I can't believe they'll stop and go, well, you know, we tried, but we don't have anything. Uh, This might be worth a listen here. I I respect Andy McCarthy, National Review. He's a great legal analyst. He is right now speaking. Let's give a listen. At least taking the the timeline uh, up to May 10th, which is when that letter from the archivist was, uh, was executed, um, you know, we had a pretty good idea up until then what the what the slate of events was. And then we know a lot of information about what happened after that, because on May 11th, the day after the letter, they issued their first grand jury subpoena. And we know that there was at least one other grand jury subpoena after that for surveillance camera footage. Now, I think the interesting thing, one of the things that I'd like to know, but I have no expectation that we're going to find out today, is it seems to me what triggered the search has to have been, they sign a letter, the the Trump team does, on June 3rd that says, we have returned all of the documents marked classified. And they obviously thought that they needed to go in to get documents marked classified on August, when they got the warrant and went in on August 11th. They had evidence because they wouldn't have gotten a warrant. They had to have shown probable cause that these documents were uh, still at Mar-a-Lago and they were highly classified. So something happened, obviously, from the time that they got the surveillance, they issued the warrant for uh, the surveillance footage on June 22nd. Something happened between June 22nd and August 11th that told them they needed to move. And I would surmise that what happened is they have an informant who told them that there are the kind of documents that still at Mar-a-Lago that they wanted. They have an informant who told them that, and that's why the feds don't want that informant identified in the affidavits. But we've seen how many times before in the time Donald Trump was president or somebody uh, misportrayed their supposed inside knowledge of something going on that was nefarious and evil and duplicitous in the Trump administration. Remember the guy, I'm a... I'm a White House official, and I have firsthand information. And it turned out to be some low-level hack. Will it be that way this time? I don't know. I I would side toward expecting that, but I don't know. Maybe they really do have something on him. Maybe they do. But we're getting real close to the time where the more the FBI stalls on this, I mean, they've been doing this for how long, Right. The more they stall on this, what have we been, like two weeks since the raid? Three weeks since the raid? You got the whole boxes. You got the boxes of stuff. What's in there? Like, at some point in time, you got to produce something. I'm guessing. I'm guessing this story of what they get from Trump. I wonder if, I wonder if the FBI will go to Zuckerberg and say, hey, you know, don't run this. Don't release this. <laughs> laughable. Now, speaking of laughable. Uh, Joe Biden the other day went out and uh, spoke about student loan forgiveness. 
And then he does what he does. He turned around, he walked away, wouldn't answer any questions. And somebody shouted a question at him about, is this fair? Is this fair? And, and Biden, you know, who thinks on his feet with the speed of a sundial, uh, was of mind to turn around and give them a little, you know, wit and wisdom of Joe Biden and a classic bit of whataboutism. I listened to this a second time, and then I thought, okay, well, let's find out if the old man has a point. So here was the question to Biden, and here was his response, somewhat, somewhat nonsensical, because it's Biden's response, but here it is. People who paid their student loans or chose not to take out loans. Is it fair to people who, in fact, uh, do not own the multi-billion dollar businesses to see why these guys get them all attached Okay, so is it fair, his response is to the question, is it fair for people who didn't take out a student loan to have to pay back somebody else's student loan? And his response is, is it fair to these guys who don't have multi-million dollar businesses that they got, meaning the multi-million dollar businesses, got massive tax breaks? So he's talking about the Donald Trump tax cuts. And the numbers are in on the Donald Trump tax cuts. Heritage Foundation reports that corporate tax reform propelled higher income growth and therefore higher income taxes and payroll taxes than anticipated from the Trump tax cuts. Congressional Budget Office, again, nonpartisan, May of 2022 forecast shows that the government now expects to bring in more tax revenue in the decade following the 2017 Trump's tax cuts than it had projected prior to the December 2017 passage of tax reform. So this is the point Trump made all along. If I do a corporate tax cut, corporate businesses are going to benefit. They're going to bring back assets from foreign countries that they outsourced because the tax laws here were not advantageous. We're going to allow them to deduct all their expenses on new equipment, factory expansion, things like that. 100% deduction first year rather than ponderous 20-year depreciation schedules. And it's going to pay dividends down the line, wait and see. And everybody said, you're nuts, you're crazy, it'll never happen, it's a corporate tax break, and the public, and the public will not benefit. I'll have more on this, but guess what? Trump was right. So, Jackie Heinrich of Fox asked a really good question yesterday of a presidential spokesperson. I'm being kind. Corinne Jean-Pierre. And that is that if you're going to use the HEROES Act to justify canceling student loan debt, and you can do so because the HEROES Act is only in vogue during a national crisis, um, how is this a national crisis in light of something else that the White House and the CDC said recently. Here's the question, and here's uh, KJP's <laughs> answer. The HEROES Act hinges on student debt cancellation being tied to the pandemic and that being a national emergency. But the administration argued in court that the pandemic is over at the southern mm-hmm. border uh, to lift Title 42. It's so over that the government's going to stop buying vaccines in the fall and mm-hmm. shift to the private sector. So how is this a national emergency? Mm-hmm. How's COVID a national emergency when it comes to student debt? So it's a, it's a very good question, and I'm glad you asked it. No, um, you're not. Look, 
we use the HEROES Act uh, because there are going to be some, be some people when we lift the paws that's still going to suffer. They're still going to have a little bit of a hard time. The HEROES Act hinges yeah, on um, student debt cancellation. As many people as you're freeing of student debt? Of course not. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. Absolutely, totally ridiculous. Now, this happened at the White House. Less than an hour ago, Joe Biden came out to talk to reporters. He was getting done talking to reporters, and then he pointed at a reporter. The reporter started to ask a question, and then Joe Biden realized, uh-oh, I called on a reporter that wasn't on my list that I'm not supposed to call on, and uh, in dove his uh, ops team on the grenade to end the press conference. Listen, this is how it sounded. Everybody thought anything would go. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I took control. I shouldn't do that. I took control. I'm allowed to do that. Go ahead. You tell me. I think we're going to go ahead and um, have the rest of the conversation um, close So it got a little loud and a little disjointed there, but what happened, he pointed at the reporter, the reporter started to ask the question, and he realized he called on the wrong reporter, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I took control, I shouldn't do that, I'm not allowed to do that. And then his press person said, okay, we're going to have the rest of this conversation in private, no press. This guy is not in charge. And, I mean, you know. But he's a useful mouthpiece. Did you see him yesterday at his rally in Pennsylvania? He barely blinked reading the teleprompter. Everything he said was read off the teleprompter, which, you know, everybody reads off the teleprompter. But when you read it as blank, with as blank a look as he had, he's just an 80-year-old robot playing the role of president. Um, And I might add... uh, ratcheting up the incendiary rhetoric to do the exact opposite of what he said his mission was to do upon becoming president. Here's Biden yesterday in Pennsylvania. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. Imagine if Donald Trump had said that. If Donald Trump had said, I don't respect liberal Democrats, I don't respect progressive Democrats, I don't respect Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, I don't respect people whose ethnicity is from another country, they come here, they serve in Congress, and they denigrate our system. I don't respect them. If he had just said, I don't respect them, he would have been what? Sexist, racist. Biden just openly insults half of America, 35% of America at minimum. He just blatantly insults us. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. By the way, what is a MAGA Republican? A make America great again Republican. Somebody who wants to make America great again. He doesn't respect us. I respect conservative Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. 
They refuse to accept the will of the people. MAGA Republicans don't have a clue about the power of women. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But we've chosen a different path. Forward. He doesn't inspire people at all. You hear him go, you hear there's like a cognitive click in their mind. They go, oh, that's a line that should get applause. I guess we better applaud. Because they know it's not genuine. They know it doesn't come from the heart. They know it's just performance. That's a compilation of Biden yesterday in Pennsylvania. Here he is at his inauguration. Kind of sounds like a different message. History, faith, and reason show the way, the way of unity. We can see each other not as adversaries, but as neighbors. We can treat each other with dignity and respect. (laughs) We can join forces, stop the shouting, and lower the temperature. For without unity, there is no peace, only bitterness and fury. And then he went on to call all of us uh, Bull Connor, and we're racist, and we are homophobic, and we hate democracy. Actually, yeah, if you're going to ask me to pick a side, I'm not going to side with democracy. Democrats side with democracy. There's a reason why Republicans are Republicans, because we understand that this is not a democracy, that it is a republic. And we want to be named after what we actually are. A republic. A republic is a government where we elect representatives and where we follow a written constitution. That is why I'm a Republican, because we have elected representatives who represent us. We have them on the state level. We have them on the national level. We even have them to a certain degree on the local level with mayors and trustees and city council people and school board members. That's a republic. A democracy is just, we'll do a vote and the majority wins. We are not a democracy because if we were a democracy... Wyoming, Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, a lot of states would have no voice. They would have no voice at all. Why? Why would they have no voice? Because if you're just going by simple numbers, New York, California would overwhelm middle America in a vote. But in a republic, well, then we all get a voice. And the voice of the majority of the groupthink of the morons in California and New York is minimized. It is not able to inflict its own woke will on all the rest of us. So, yeah, yeah, I am a republic and not someone enslaved to democracy, majority rule, or better known as mob rule. So that's where we are as this weekend. I don't know if there'll be anything discovered in the affidavit that will reveal much about why the FBI stormed into Mar-a-Lago. My guess is the part that is redacted would show that this FBI is on a search-and-destroy mission for anything that they can take, fold, bend, spindle, mutilate into some kind of a charge against Donald Trump. I put nothing past this law enforcement community in this climate with this president. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.